listener production. <laughs> Hi guys, it's me, it's Rosie. Um, just wanted to let you know before uh, we jump into this episode that um, this is just the gist of what's gone on with me the last, you know, uh, six months, but also, you know, a bit before that, but where I've been, basically why I've been away. Um, so if you're not interested in that, totally fine. If you want like a wrap up of the year, we've done an episode of that separately. Um, so you're not um, forced to absorb <laughs> Rosie talking about herself for an hour. Um, but yeah, Jacob and I just go through where I've been Content warning, there's um, uh, some themes that we touch on just briefly of um, suicidal ideation and self-harm. It is, um, it's very brief. Um, uh, so if if you get to that bit, you can skip ahead, I would say, like a minute, Jacob, mm. and it's already yeah. passed, I think. Yep. Yeah. I really wanted to let everyone know where I'd been before the end of the year. Um, I just really wanted you guys to hear from me because gistners are the best yeah. and um, I wanted to let you know what's been happening. Yeah. And the too long, didn't listen version is Rosie's doing heaps, heaps, heaps better now and she's going to be back on a regular basis in February. In February. And thanks for all your support. Bye. Bye. Welcome back, darling. Mm. Mm -hmm. Oh, intro. Mm -hmm. I better do that. (laughs) One of those. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, go, go, go. Ah, we're out of practice. We're out of sync. Gistners, welcome back for another instalment of Just the Gist. This is a special little bonus app. Ordinarily, Rosie Waterland and I, Jacob Stanley, give you just the gist of what you need to know about a story you might like to discuss at a dinner party. Um, And as you're well aware, Rosie's been taking a little bit of time off to look after her health and we've had some fantastic guest hosts who've been coming on board. Um, But we have the one and only Rosie herself here for um, a little update on what's been going on in her world. She has been greatly missed and many of you have been asking what's been going on. Um, So, yeah, we're going to take that opportunity to bring you up to speed. Rosie, honey, hello. Hello. How are you feeling? It's like you're interviewing me. It is a little bit. (laughs) How weird. (laughs) Strange. We've missed you. Um, Thank you, I've missed you. I'm really nervous. It feels weird being back in the, I don't know. It's like. It just feels a bit like you're out of practice or something. Mm. Like I did um, Sam Peterson's podcast, Nature or Nurture, like uh, I recorded like a month ago. It just came out. You should go listen. Um, and it was like the first time I, it, I when I listened to the episode, I was like, oh, my God, Rosie, you are talking so much because I think <laughs> I was just excited to be talking. Yeah, like, yeah. I was like, blah, 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 blah. It's like, oh, I really need to get back to the pod because oh. <laughs> this is – you had a lot you to know, get out. That was a fantastic a episode, by the way. It was really yeah. good, wasn't it? Did you listen? Yes, of He's course. He's a great yeah. interviewer. Yeah. He's a really good interviewer, Sam. I really recommend everyone go listen to that mm. show, Nature or Nurture. Yes. Um, and you did one. I, I wonder did. when yours is coming out. Well, we'll see if it comes out. I have said to Sam that there's no pressure or expectation from me that he actually release it. Um, oh, you may please. choose to just use he it as a will. little bit of a practice. But I had a great time with him. Sam's wonderful for a chat. He's wonderful. And um, yeah, despite the fact I almost broke my toe in his house, I walked away <laughs> smiling. Yeah. <laughs> you did. You stacked it in his house. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so here you are, back on the mic. Sadly, we aren't in the same room yet, no, but we'll get yet. to um, future plans for us to more regularly be in the same space. Well, we will be. Mm, before yeah. we get to any of that, maybe um, let's go back in time and where should we so start? So what, what are we calling this? Just the gist of Rose, where Rosie's been. A recap just the of gi- 
Rosie's. Just the, why would you say recap when our show is called Just the Gist? Good point. Good point. Oh, you need me back. You need <laughs> me back desperately. Things have gone off the rails. <laughs> Jesus. Um, yeah, you know, I just, we talked about what we would say and I've loved your very um, astute um, yet not giving any details away. Rosie's taking some time to focus on her health. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just lovely. Um, but, you know, I we thought about, I thought about how I would explain where I've been and mm. whether or not I would explain where I'd been. And you and I chatted about, you know, the best way to do that if I wanted to. Mm-hmm. And I want to say up front that, like, first of all, nobody is obligated to listen to this if you don't care about... <laughs> Me or my mental health or what's been going on. So just please skip ahead or whatever. Um, I I want to say up front, like, I don't um, in any way feel obligated to give anyone an explanation or to give anyone details. But I do feel like um, we have a really loyal following and mm. all of you are very important to me in the Just the Gist community and you've all been very patient with... Um, things being different. Mm. And so, yeah, I don't feel obligated to tell anyone anything, but I do feel like I want to. Good. Um, um, because, yeah, this community is important to me and mm-hmm. um, you've been with us for a few years now. Three how and a bit. Been? Three and a bit, man. Mm. So, yeah, I don't know. How do you want to do it? Do you want to ask me or what? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, look, where in time do you think we should begin? Do you want to go all the way back to... May of this year, or do you want to just skip ahead to August after? Because you came back for like a few weeks in yeah. the Ju- July August period. Do you want so, to keep right. off there, or why don't I just give you a little just the gist mm-hmm. of what happened? So, I was born in a little town. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, everybody um, who follows me knows that you know I've. Uh, my adult life have dealt with issues of PTSD and childhood trauma. Mm-hmm. That's had an impact on my mental health. I mean, it's, you know, I, it's what I wrote my first book about. I've done shows about it. Um, and it's largely been something that, you know, I have gotten to a place where um, I live with it, but it doesn't affect my life in a huge way. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when COVID hit, um, and as our listeners would know, because we talked about it, like I struggled a bit with lockdown and stuff, mm. um, you know, because I went through two big moves. I moved to Adelaide to be with Caleb and then he got a job in Melbourne. So then we moved to Melbourne. So I moved out of a house I'd lived in for 10 years. Which is a big deal. It was the longest I've ever lived anywhere. Yeah. Like, because, you know, I had a life of foster homes and yep. family members and never being one place for more than, you know, a year or max, like mm. a year was a luxury. Um, and so, yeah, I'd built a really solid base there. And so that move, I think, affected me more than I anticipated, mm-hmm. like as a trigger, I guess. Yeah. Um, and then also just, you know, lockdown, as with a lot of people, um, you lost all your tools that you use to keep you healthy mentally. Mm. Like I think a lot of, that was a common thing a lot of people went through and I did too. Like so much of keeping my mental health in check is like being around people, going Mm. into an office, making sure I don't isolate, like all that kind of stuff. And that all just kind of got torn away. Mm -hmm. And then I went through these moves. And so I started struggling a bit with depression. Yeah, I would say around... 
mid-2020, mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. And um, I was really struggling to work because I was so, like, I just had this sort of undercurrent of I was like, something's not right. I don't feel right mentally. Mm. And in hindsight, um, you know, I'm sort of unpacking it all now. But um, I think I had just gone into a bit of a, as victims of trauma and people who have PTSD do, into an extended fight or flight mode, really. Mm. Like my body had just sort of been triggered by a bunch of things and wasn't feeling great and got like really on edge. Mm. And when that happens, you know, for an acute or like small amount of time, you come out of it. But when your body goes into fight or flight mode, that lasts an extended period of time, your body just kind of shuts down in all Mm. other ways because it can't, it's putting all its energy into like, keeping you at this heightened level of just anxiety and depression. And so, like, you know, I just, I was constantly just feeling really anxious, but then also having just this overriding sense of, like, oh, I can't concentrate on my work and I can't, like, I just felt really demotivated and exhausted. And, Mm. and yeah, you know, in hindsight, it's because I was just sort of in this heightened level of of mental state, I guess. And so, yeah, it was was tricky. And um, so when we got to Melbourne... It eventually got to a point where I knew something wasn't right in 2021 and I went into hospital. Mm-hmm. And it's really just, it's it's a really helpful thing to do. You go, you usually go for like three or four weeks and they check your meds and you're on a pretty good routine. Like you get your sleep in order. You, you know, have to go to group therapy during the day. You have to go to the gym. You have to do it like, and if you are just depressed and in a hole or so anxious that you can't leave your room, it sounds really like simple but like going to those places, it's even just the simple act of them getting you up out of bed, like really mm. helps. It's sort of a hole that it's really hard to pull out. You pull yourself out of. Yep. And so I went in um, the end of 2021 mm-hmm. to a place here in Melbourne. Um, so I was there for about a month and um, it did. It, it was helpful in that it sort of got me back into a bit of a routine, but mentally I, I wouldn't say it had a huge impact. So I hadn't really, you know... It hadn't dealt with anything, I don't think. And then um, I was like, I felt okay. I was living here in Melbourne and like things were fine on the surface, but underneath I was like, something isn't right. Mm. I was constantly anxious, feeling quite depressed, demotivated, exhausted. But the main thing that was stressing me was that I couldn't work. I was like, Mm. I can't, I guess it's hard to explain. Like I've said to Caleb, so many times over the last like year and a half, sometimes I wish I just was still back in one of my old jobs that I had at uni. Not that those jobs are easy to do when you're anxious, but I said, I just wish I could get up and do something by rote. Like when Mm. I used to work in a clothing store, you just go in and fold jumpers and then go home. Like, or like, you know, when I answered phones at David Jones, you go in and you answer a thousand calls and then you Mm. go home. Like I was like, I wish I just had a job that I could go in and use my hands and not have to think about anything. But my job entirely relies on the creative output of my own brain, like looking at an empty page and you don't get paid unless you fill that page with brilliance. Mm -hmm. And I have a lot of people relying on me to fill a lot of empty pages. Mm -hmm. And so then um, I started to get really um, on top of just like whatever was going on with me mentally. I knew something wasn't right. I was also having the added stress of like missing deadlines and not getting work Mm. done. Um, Vicious cycle. 
Yeah. So then, yeah, it was horrible. It was horrible, horrible. And um, and I just, yeah, I, I it's hard when you can't um, get the thing done that you that you that you're good at. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And when you feel like people are relying on you and you're like not you're letting them down. Mm. Um, like pretty much the only thing I was getting done at that stage was the podcast. Like mm. I would pull myself together and get episodes done of just the gist and the rest of the week I would try to work and I would try to work and I would try to work and I couldn't and I was just like depressed and anxious and in a pretty dark place. Mm-hmm. And um, and then I just started to feel so worthless and shit about myself. I'm going to cry now. Mm, um, because, you know, when you... um. I just, I'm in a place like professionally where I have a lot of really massive opportunities. Mm. Um, you know, I've got this TV show that I'm creating and starring in. Like I had that on the table. I have this um, screenplay that a very like prominent, famous person has commissioned me to write, which is literally my dream come true. Like, Mm. what have I been saying since I met you? Like, I'm going to win an Oscar Mm -hmm. for screenwriting. And like this incredibly generous, famous person came to me and said, here's a silver platter and here's that opportunity. All you have to do is take it and do it. Mm. And, um, you know, just uh, other things as well. Like, I, I... I could. I was like, why can't I do? Like, what's wrong with me? I can't mm. work. What's going on? Like, it was actually quite scary to me because mm. writing and creating and like my talent or whatever, it's, it's always come like quite. It's it's always been something I haven't really have to worry about. Like, it's oh, it come streams quite out of you normally. Yeah. yeah. And so I just started to panic. I was like, there's something wrong with me. Like, mm. um you know, I have these opportunities here that, like, are my dreams come true, like my own TV show and writing a screenplay. And these people are saying to me, hey, so where's the work? And I'm like, um, I I'm really sorry. Like, I, yeah, I don't, it's just, it. I felt so worthless mm-hmm. and I felt just so ashamed that I couldn't do what I would normally do. And this, you know, all of this comes with, like, when you have mental health issues or any kind of chronic illness, I guess, mm. and you, uh, it prevents you from doing the work that you love and it makes you feel like you're letting people down. It just, the feelings of shame and guilt and worthlessness are like pretty, um, pretty intense. Yeah. So I, yeah, I was panicking about not being able to work. I was feeling shame about not being able to work. And that was on top of just already this underlying something the last 18 months hasn't been right. Mm. Like I've not been right mentally. Um, and then you and I were on tour and I I just wasn't having fun like I normally would because I mm. love live performing so much. Yep. And, um, you know, we were doing The Number, mm-hmm. which was so fun. <laughs> Like, literally, we just made our high school talent show dreams come true. We were like, we've got an audience and they can't leave, so let's just dance to Britney Spears. <laughs> inflict <laughs> like, this upon them. Let's inflict this upon Yeah, like, we just were like, whatever, let's do it. And um, we would come off stage and you would just be buzzing and mm. I would just be like, not even, 
I guess people say like depression isn't sadness. It's just the absence of any feeling. Like yeah. I would just, because I think my body had just completely shut down. Like something was going on and yeah. I just was feeling nothing. And um, so that was really concerning me. I was like, why am I not having fun? Like, and then, you know, as the pressure of work being due that I was really struggling to do and and the shame of that, like I just kept retreating further and further into myself. Mm. And I don't know, it just all kind of snowballed. And then you and I were on tour and I just had this like immense anxiety one day. Like I, I was in my hotel room in Perth and I was like, I, I felt like I couldn't leave my hotel room. Mm. And um, I had to message you like an hour, or maybe it was an hour and a half before we were meant to go on stage. Mm. And I said, I just, I don't think I can do it. Mm. Um, And Jacob was the best. Like he was like, Andrew, that's our promoter. He's like, he's taking care of it. I'm coming back to your hotel room right now. And then I think we just had like dumplings for dinner or something. Like, I mean, it was just in my hotel room. We just sat on your bed and cried for a few hours and then watched yeah. the documentary about the man with a penis on his arm. Oh, that's right. That's what we did. We were like, we what is going to be the funniest thing we can do right now? Because what the fuck is going on with me? And we, uh, we watched the penis man documentary yes. and ate dumplings and fell asleep. Yep. That's right. And it took us um, about three hours to watch it because we kept pausing it to scream. And we we, then we'd keep screaming scream and we'd have to rewind how. because we didn't hear what was going on. Oh, my God. Yeah, that, I mean, oh, just, God, that's what we watched that night. <laughs> See, I was so outside of my body and brain. Like, I can't even remember specific things like that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so that was incredibly scary to me yeah. that day because I have never in my life, in my life, in my life, mm. not been able to go on stage, yeah. particularly with only an hour to go, like, I mean, when Tony died, we postponed a tour I had by like three weeks. Mm. You know what I mean? Like it was, and I was back doing it and loving it. And so that was scary to me. It was scary. And something that you kept saying at the time was that um, you were worried that people wouldn't take it seriously unless you actually tried to physically harm yourself. Um, yeah. Because oh, you yeah, had this I do real that. sense of people won't think it's real unless there's actually some sort of injury that I've done to myself. Yeah. Um, and I think it's so great that you didn't let yourself get to that point that you acted on that, um, you know, that thing that you had told yourself because it absolutely wasn't true. You yeah. don't need to reach a point where there's, um, yeah, self-harming going on to reach out for help. Words are enough to just say I'm not okay. Yeah, you know, I didn't even, um, I didn't remember that mm. um, because, I d- yeah, I'm, that's really weird that you bring that up. I didn't mm. even remember that. I, re- I remember that now, mm. that when I messaged you um, to say, like, you were already at the theatre and I messaged mm. you to say, like, I um, can't come, mm. Um I said that because I, I said to you, um, I, I, I can't remember exactly what the message was, but it was something like, um, I am feeling very much like I want, like I'm having feelings like I want to hurt myself. Mm. And I said to you, don't worry, I'm not going to, yep. but that is the intensity of what I'm feeling. Mm. And so I, like, I don't think I can perform and also like maybe I think you should come here and mm. of course you came and, um, but... <sighs> Because I had, like, that day, to be honest, in Perth, like, Mm. I had reached the point where I was feeling um, 
like pretty suicidal mm. in that room because I just was like, what has been going on? Like it's been almost two years of like my mental health just declining and declining and mm. nothing going right and not feeling right and now it's reached this place where I'm in this hotel room and I've got to go on stage and I'm feeling so anxious and I just started to um really get overwhelmed by feelings of wanting to um harm myself um but honey I I'm at a point uh, it was scary but it um but I'm at a point in like I've been managing PTSD for a long time and so um, I'm at a point where I understand that suicidal ideation is um, just, it's a symptom. Mm. Um, uh, It's a symptom that people um, who are dealing with trauma often get. And so um, I I knew that even though I was feeling that intensely Mm. and that was very scary, I also because of all the work I've done on my mental health, I understood that I wasn't going to act on those feelings. Mm. Um, and look, in the past I have. I mean, anyone who's watched my Australian story would would know yep. um, that there have been times where I haven't had that um, clarity of thought and understanding about mm-hmm. how my brain works. But um, that day I did have it. Like I, I knew that I was just feeling so um, exhausted and desperate and my body was and my brain was telling me to do something drastic mm. um but i also know that a brain that is telling you to hurt yourself is not a well brain that's mm. a brain that is lying to you and a body that is telling you to hurt yourself is a body that um is um exhausted and desperate for help in some capacity yeah. mm. um so i it's not a brain or a body that um, wants to end things like that is not that's that's your mental illness lying yeah. to you and messing with you it's and cold. I know that yeah and so I knew that that day and so when I messaged you and said like I'm having the feelings that are this intense I sort of felt like it was important to point out to you like I didn't message you that to scare you because I I remember being clear like I'm not going to but mm. that's how bad I'm feeling because you do often feel like um uh, mental health stuff, unless you uh, unless you reach that acute critical point where something drastic happens, then people feel like, oh well, that like you're okay then. Mm. You haven't hit rock bottom, have you? Unless you've hit that point. Mm. And I that day I was like, I have hit that point. Mm. I just happen to be in a place where I understand not to act on those feelings. Yep. And um. And so I messaged you that. And, mm. yeah, I kept saying to you, like, how how are people, how am I going to explain to people how serious this was? Yeah. Um, like, so that they understand that I really, like, that I really couldn't perform, that I wasn't just feeling a bit sad. Like, this, this mm. day reached just critical point for me. Mm. That was really scary. Um but I guess this is me explaining it now. Yeah. <laughs> like that's, yeah. and this is why it's so important to get treatment and and understand your mental illness if you have one, because you do get to a point where you learn how to manage feelings like mm. that. And although I couldn't go on stage that day, and I did hit a very dark place, I didn't harm myself that yeah. day. 
yep. because I've learned not to do that and yep. I've learned to understand what those feel, those desperate feelings mean. Yeah. It doesn't make it any less scary. Yeah. But um I just yeah, it's I think it's I'm glad to be able to say this because I think it's important for people to know who do get um, symptoms of suicidal ideation or have been in that place um, that it is something that um, it, it, it does become manageable and mm. I am proof of that. Like mm. you can you can get those feelings and understand them and know that it means that you just need, it's your body telling you you need help. Yep. That's what it means. Yep. And I reached out to you for help. Yep. And we had dumplings and... Watch Penis Man, <laughs> which was helpful. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that started the healing process very efficiently. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. Um, I mean, I think it's worth mentioning that all the people who showed up to the theatre because they missed the text message letting them know the show was being rescheduled, um, they were all spoken to in person by our promoter and they all sent nothing but well wishes and messages of support to you. They mm. all completely understood um, and Andrew actually found that incredibly touching and overwhelming and passed all that on to us. Yeah. And then, of course, we got so many messages through Instagram because that's a big theatre. A lot of people had tickets. So a lot I of know. people got that text message. It was a big show. And they took the time to check in and say all they cared about was your well-being, and um, that was, mm. you know, priority number one and they were happy to continue waiting. They'd already been waiting for four or so years. So yeah. they, <laughs> they needed to wait another four, that's fine, yeah. as long and as you take the time to look up after yourself. And on that note, while you're mentioning that, I will say that I've got nothing but messages like that this whole yeah. time. Like I I don't check my others folder often. Like I'll go in like every few weeks and just have a look through and um and everything is like first of all, Jacob's doing an amazing job. That's mm. what they all say, which mm. you and Lindsay have been doing. Um and second of all, I hope you're doing okay. Um we you know, I miss your voice on the podcast. Um, but that doesn't mean you have to rush and mm. just take the time you need. No, but like, you know, do exactly what you need to do. Like everyone has just been so loving and supportive mm. and yeah, people have just been really nice about it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So everyone's been the best. I mean, Gisners I think that's, the best. yeah, it's the, it's the community we've cultivated. Mm. You know what I mean? Which totally. is like the best ones, the best listeners, the mm -hmm. best gistners. The cream rises. Yeah. Gistners <laughs> are the best listeners. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so um, after that in Perth, I was like, okay, it's mid, what was that, 20 or like early 2022. Yeah, that was May. Yep. May 2020, yeah, like sort of first half of 2022. Mm -hmm. And I was like, something has been off since 2020. Mm -hmm. So it's been like two years now. Um, and it's, and it has, and I have sort of ignored it and ignored it and ignored it because it's been scary and scary and scary. But Rosie, like, you haven't been able to work. You um, you just had a breakdown in a hotel room in another state and couldn't perform on stage. Mm. Um, this has reached a point where this is very serious now, Rosie. Like this is having a debilitating effect on your life. Whatever is going on, whatever has triggered it, you need to sort it out. Mm -hmm. So that was when I decided to uh, go back into hospital in a place in Sydney because mm -hmm. I was like, it's better up there. I'll go somewhere close to my sisters mm -hmm. um, and the kids and... Um, Parkley Markets, yeah. Parkley Markets, mm -hmm. where if you see me wearing designer goods on Instagram, let me tell you, <laughs> I can't afford those at full price. So 
I don't want to get no one in trouble, but Broccoli Markets is the shit. It is the bomb. Um, Yeah, so I went to that place and it was really, really good. Mm -hmm. Um, it, It was really hard because I was away from Caleb and he, like, struggled with that a bit, like, me, not being able to visit me at all for, like, lit- we didn't see each other for a month, yep. like, almost five weeks. It was really hard. Mm. Um, I had my birthday in there, which mm-hmm. having a birthday in a psychiatric clinic is kind of depressing. Um, <laughs> but we busted you out and took you to. You did. Parkley Market. <laughs> Jason was like, what do you want to do for your birthday? And I said, I want to go to Parkley Market. I love it there. I love it there. Um, sunny uh. old road, Parkley. Um <laughs> Yeah, and so I I got to a really good place in there. You know, I've I've got my psychiatrist who I've been seeing for a long time, um, and so I was able to speak with him and just in there, uh, really get back on track. Like I had a whole sort of medication do do around. Like we switched things and stuff. And mm-hmm. you know, I won't go into the detail, like because it doesn't. It's not really like that important. But it was just all the things I said. There was a whole bunch of sort of triggers mm. that happened. It was just kind of a perfect storm of stuff yeah. that sent my mental health derailing in a way it hasn't in years, mm. and it was very unexpected. And um, and I love to be up on my high horse about how good I am with dealing with my mental health and like mm. and how. I, but then you know it, it still surprises me when it happened. Like mm-hmm. and you and then you're like, oh shit, I was too cocky because what the hell? Um, and so I did really well in this place, mm-hmm. and I was feeling great. And here's where things, like, kind of take a funny turn. So here's what happened. After all this mental health stuff, I was feeling good. I mean, fragile but good. Mm. And still, by no means is four weeks in a mental health facility the solution to all your problems. Like I said, Mm. it gets you on track, builds you a bit of a scaffolding, and then when you leave, you have to keep working to make sure you sort of get back to 100%. But it is extremely helpful. Um. And then when I left, um, within like, we were going to record our very first episode with me back mm-hmm. and I flew to Sydney for it because mm-hmm. we were like, we want to be in the oh, same studio. This. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> oh, yeah. God. And so I flew to Sydney. It was like, yes, it's going to be so fun. And I woke up on the day of recording mm. with like intense <laughs> conjunctivitis, really intense. Um, mm. It probably didn't help that I'd spent the night before with um, one of my nieces, um, at my mum's house Ugh. and children, small children. Mm. She was in kindergarten at the time. Um, so, yeah, whenever I'm around them, truly, whenever I'm around them. Mm-hmm. And so, and and Lindsay was like, oh, do you think you can do it over Zoom? And I was like, I literally can't even open my eyes. <laughs> like, I don't, I can't even read the notes that I've written. Mm. Like, I, it was so, I was like, oh, my God. So then I literally just th- flown to Sydney for not, like, mm. got conjunctivitis and flew home. And mm. I was like, God damn it. And then I, st- I was feeling very strange. Um, I had this weird restlessness that I couldn't explain. I couldn't stop moving and I couldn't sleep. And I kept saying to Caleb, our bed is broken. Mm. We need a new bed. And he's like, Rosie, it's a bed base and a mattress. And I was like, well, it feels different. Something about it's changed. The bed has changed. Like something in it has changed. I was like, it's too uncomfortable. We need a new bed. And I started like researching new beds. I was like, I cannot sleep. I literally had just, I, I could, it wasn't that I had insomnia. It's that I would fall asleep and I'd wake up an hour later and just be really uncomfortable and restless and weird. And I was walking around the block compulsively, like 
because I couldn't sit still. Like I was literally mm. at two o'clock in the morning walking around the block. It was so weird. And it, I couldn't stop, you know, when you bounce your knees mm. and like, like I couldn't explain. I just felt physically uncomfortable sitting still. And it actually started to really scare me because mm. it felt um, like I had no control over it. Mm. Like I just have never been like sitting in front of the TV for eight hours. is like, <laughs> hello, my dream. I do it all the time. And while I was feeling that, I was like, if someone asked me to sit and watch a television show for half an hour right now, it would feel like torture. Mm. Like I just had this thing. Um, and it turns out that it was a bad reaction to one of the new medications I'd been put on. Mm-hmm. I'd got this thing called akathisia, mm. which is um, uh, not involuntary movements like your uh, similar to like Tourette's or spasming. Mm. It's like a um, severe, intense compulsion to constantly be moving. Mm-hmm. Um, which is can sometimes be a reaction to medications like that. And so I had this conjunctivitis and then I had this weird akathisia thing. And then finally when we figured out it was the akathisia, I sort of could come off that medication, which was fine, that kind of fixed it. But I was like mm. exhausted because I hadn't been sleeping. And then um, I got the flu. Mm. And so I'd come out of hospital like, I'm back. And then I just got like these weird illnesses. Boom. Oh, boom, boom, boom. And I was like, fuck, like, because I was so, like, demoralized by it. Mm. And then the flu finally went away and I was like, thank God, yes, it's over. And then a few days later, um, I got this weird tummy ache and I was like, what's going on? And um, I thought I'd just, I don't know, eaten something bad or whatever. And then the next day it was still there and, you know, Skip ahead if you want, but it's <laughs> <laughs> I was shitting like just water, just mm. water. And I was and it but it wasn't just that. It was like also the constant that pain when you have like mm. bad diarrhea or something. I had like the worst stomach cramping, pain yeah. and cramping and and just like, yeah, bad diarrhea. And and I was just like, oh, I've got gastro, mm. like what is it usually lasts a few days what are you yeah. going to do like you can't do anything um so Caleb got me like you know those hydrolyte zuper duper things and mm. I was basically just kind of sucking on those and water and then getting up and pooping every like hour and um I just watched SVU on re- like just from like season four mm. like through to season 10 or like I would just sleep for a few hours and then get up and vomit and poop and and then like and Caleb actually stopped sleeping in the bed with me because I had such a bad fever. I was sweating so much. He was like, it's like the bed is wet, Rosie. Ugh. Like, oh, I can't, I'm sorry. I can't mm. sleep with you. And so after a few days, it hadn't gone away. Mm. And then like the fourth day, still as bad. Fifth day, still as bad. I hadn't eaten. Sixth day, bad. And then Rhiannon was like, okay, Rosie, my sister, Rhiannon, who is a nurse, she was like, yeah, normally I would say it's gastro, mm. buck up and just ride it through. But it's been six days. Like, you must be so dehydrated. Maybe just go to the ER. Mm. Um, and at the very least, they can give you some, like, IV fluids or whatever. And I was like, no, I don't want to go because I'll be stuck there for, like, hours. And then they'll just be like, oh, you've got gastro, F off. Like, mm. And she was like, no, I just, I really think you should go in. You shouldn't, like, six days is too much. Mm. And I was like, all right. So I go in. And I literally took nothing. I had my pajama pants on and a jumper and my phone and my wallet. Mm. And then as I was running out the door, I was like, oh, I'll also, I just grabbed my charger. Like something in my brain was like, just 
just in case, mm-hmm. like thinking I might be waiting for a few hours um, because up against like car accidents, mm. I've got a stomach bug, like whatever. And so I go in and I was really bad. Like I could barely stand and I was sweating a lot. And I went up to the dude at the window and I was like, hey, um, I've had this thing. And I just like was really dizzy. And like I started to get really, and he was like, whoa, do you need to sit down? And I was like, yeah, I think like, I yes. <laughs> like I was, and he goes, so what is it? And I said, I've had like, I explained it to him for like six days. And he was like, six days? Mm. I was like, yeah. And then he goes, okay, let me just quickly get your, um, take your temperature or whatever. And um, yeah, they took my temperature and I was like, almost 41 (laughs) and then they did my heart rate and they were like you have an extremely elevated heart rate and so they were like we're taking you in immediately which I was shocked I was like oh and so they took me in but then they took me into it had to be an isolated room because they were like whatever infection virus we don't know what it is Mm. you could be infectious so I had to be in this room by myself and nurses could only come in when they put on full PPE Mm. And um, then they did a blood test and they came back like an hour later and they were like, your infection markers are dangerously high. We don't know what it is, though. We need to admit you like Mm. immediately and get you on like antibiotics. And I was like, what? She was on her own episode of House. I know, it was. It (laughs) was a dream come true. And I had, I was in, I had. My pajama pants and slippers, like mm. I and my phone, like I came. I did not come prepared. I thought they would just give me some fluids and send me home, and then they were like, "Okay, we need to test your poop, um, because that will tell us what this is." Like they were like, "It could be, you know, salmonella. It could be like a, mm. a parasite. It could be." And and I and they so they gave me a little popsicle stick mm. and a cup, and they were like, "When you do a poop, just scoop." some of the poop with the popsicle stick and put it in the cup. Oh. And I said, I don't think you understand. My poop is lick. It's, it's water. By this point, it was g- bright green, like water, oh. like Gatorade or something. And I was like, I can't, this is just going to soak the popsicle stick. It's not going to, like, I can't scoop water. And they were like, oh, okay, well, just take the cup and oh. like poop into the bedpan and then take the cup and like, you know, like like it's soup and just like fill up the cup. And I was like, oh. can I have a glove? <laughs> and they were like, and they're like, oh, because every time they go out, they have to change the PPE and then come back in. So I had to do, I had to, yeah, give them the thing. And mm-hmm. they were like, look, it's going to take a while because the specimen has to grow cultures in the lab and then they test it from that. And I, that's when I was like, I'm in house, <laughs> house MD, medical um, mystery, medical mystery, and so yeah, I got admitted, and they admitted me after. Like that was all in the emergency room, and then they admitted me to a room by myself, so isolated. Um, I'm in my pajamas. I have my phone, and I was like, and I was just feeling disgusting. They there wasn't a toilet in my room. Mm. So I had to, they had like a wheelchair thing and then they would put a bedpan in it and whenever I needed to poop, I would get up and poop in the bedpan and then I'd have to call for a nurse who had to come and like empty my poop. Mm. Like, but I I was pooping like every half an hour. So Mm. it was like, why didn't you put me in a room with a toilet? Um, And I was just, it got to like late that afternoon and I was sitting there and I was like, how has this happened? Like, 
I went to hospital and I was feeling better mm. and I came out raring to go and then the conjunctivitis mm. and then the akathisia and then the flu and then the insomnia and now I have fucking been admitted to hospital with some weird <laughs> virus that they're too scared to enter the room mm. and I just cracked it. Like mm. I was crying and I was like, how how did this happen? Like, mm. what has happened? And and I just messaged our agent, Jen, and I said, I've had it. Mm. I've had it. Like I came out and this is just too many weird blows in a row. I just, I can't, I said, you, I, I can't, we're going to need to postpone me being on the podcast for a mm. while, like a couple of months. I said, like, I, I just, I felt so dejected and so mm. low and so like just bad. Mm. Um. And so, yeah, Jen kind of launched into action and and she's the best, mm-hmm. our agent, and sort of took care of everything and was like, don't worry about it, just get well. Um, and I ended up being in hospital for another six days. Yeah. So it was 12 days altogether that I had this weird thing. Mm-hmm. And then on the final day, they, and they'd given me like so much antibiotics and everything. So I was feeling kind of better by the last couple of days. I still was sick, mm. but... Um, uh, they were just waiting to see what it was because they were like, we can't send you home if you're going to, like, release bubonic plague on Melbourne. Like, So they needed to know. Yeah. And um, then they came in on the last day and they were like, you can go home today. We know what it is. And I was like, what is it? And they were like, campylobacter. <laughs> and I was like, what's that? And they're like, basically, you ate bad chicken. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, are you... Are you f- like, are you fucking bad chicken? Bad chicken. And they're like, yeah, it could just be the tiniest drop. Like, mm. it's just, it's luck of the draw. Like, it, it, you know, bad chicken or raw chicken. Or, and, mm. and she's like, that's what it is. And, I, and she's like, so you can go. And I was like, <laughs> but, like, I wanted it to be more impressive. Yeah, right. I wanted to start a play. <laughs> I know. I was like, but... They're like, but you were talking about like parasites and like all kinds of things. Mm. She's like, no, it's just bad chicken. <laughs> and I was like, okay. <laughs> so I left. And, um, you know, by that point, I'd, you know, it had been, yeah, six days. So I'd been talking to Jen. I'd been talking to you. I'd been talking to Caleb. And I was like, I need, I'm, this just beat me down to a plate. Like, Can we I need just to clarify a little bit. So, like, the, if my understanding, Campylobacter, for a lot of people, they might consume it, their body might just pass it and they won't even notice. Some people might yeah. get some mild food poisoning. But because your immune system had taken hit after hit after hit mm-hmm. after hit. And also an, I have an autoimmune disorder. Exactly. So, yeah, it, so, I think it just did. Yeah, they did say that. Yeah. Like, you just it, didn't have the defences to fight it off at all. I think so. And I think, um, like I was saying before, when your body's in extended fight or flight mode mm. or an extended period of, like, really bad mental health, it is putting all of its energy into yep. just surviving that. And yeah. so I really, like, I'm not a woo-woo person, but I do think that you're more more prone to getting sick at those times because your 100%. defences are low. Like, oh, you're completely. just not operating at 100%. Every organ in the body suffers to sort of compensate for, you know, the like the extra need of the of, brain and the heart. Yeah. Yeah. Adrenaline and stress and which I'd basically been operating at that level for, you know, a year and a half at this point, yeah. almost two years at this point. Like, and I just my body was like, I really think when I came out raring to go and I was like, let's get back. I'm on the podcast. I'm going to finish this screenplay. I'm not going to be a failure. I'm going to do everything. And my body was like, slow down, bitch. Mm. 
here's all this. And it was like, let's give her conjunctivitis. That'll stop her. And I was like, no, it won't. And then it was like, here's a flu. And I was like, ha ha. And they were like, we're releasing the bad chicken. <laughs> the ba- they just, I think my body was like, stop, yeah. Rosie, yeah. stop. And so, um, yeah, I said to Caleb, I need, I need to go back somewhere. Like, and I was so embarrassed because I was like, I just was somewhere. And it's like, one time it's like, oh, she's doing really badly, but she's getting help and that's great. Mm. And then it's like, oh, but twice, like, mm. oh, and to be honest, three times in the last year, like, all right, Rosie, like, well, mm, yeah, thanks. Mm. Like, I didn't, I just felt like it was too much and it was too, I was so embarrassed and ashamed, but I was like, I have, I have to, yeah. I have, like, I'm not, I need, I need more help. And so I went to a place in Melbourne this time because, um, I just thought it was really important that I didn't have that much time away from Caleb again. Mm -hmm. And I found a place that was actually really close to where we live. So I would walk home every night for dinner and stuff, Mm -hmm. which was nice. And I spent five weeks there. And that's been this most recent time Mm -hmm. um, that you guys have been doing an amazing job. And yeah, I was there for five weeks and um, it was really helpful. It was really, really helpful. And then when I left, um, I was like, okay, let's do things differently Mm -hmm. this time. (laughs) Let's do things slower. Mm -hmm. Let's not rush into anything. Let's not make any grand announcements about me being back before Mm -hmm. we're sure I'm not eating any bad chicken. (laughs) Like, let's just take this slow. So, yeah. I just have to point out at some point, she's still eating chicken. Oh, yeah, I'm still eating chicken. (laughs) She's still eating chicken. (laughs) She hasn't given up chicken. He he messaged when I told him, like, oh, yeah, it's bad chicken. And he's like, are you, like, are you never going to eat chicken again? And I was like, dude, I'm eating a chicken burger from McDonald's right now. (laughs) 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 Yeah, I'm eating chicken again. I love chicken. So, um, yeah, I decided to take things very slow. So people, you know, and I didn't post on social media for a really long time and Mm. then I... Went to visit my sister. I, th- I think I started, yeah, like, a, I don't know, a few weeks ago I started mm. posting some stuff and people were like, are you back? And I was just like, not yet. Mm. Um, and, you know, because I wanted to just be very slow about it. I had other work that I needed to finish because I, I will say up front right now, mentally, I feel in a 180 Good. much better place. Yeah. And so, yeah, then I just decided um, that, you know, I wanted to come on and um, just say, tell you all of that. <laughs> that is be- that is literally what happened. And I will say. Rosie's Jismas gift to all of you. A description just, of things that have come out of her body. <laughs> I told you it was going to be, I told you that a lot happened. And I said, as devoted Jismas who we love, I felt like you deserved to know Every detail. <laughs> Nobody deserves that. <laughs> but um, no, in all seriousness, I'm feeling mentally much better. Mm. Um, you know, I'm still dealing, though, with those feelings. It's embarrassing to, to mentally to stumble not just once but a few times mm. in a row. Yeah. It's embarrassing because I think people are so good with talking about mental health stuff Um as long as it's like past tense, like, oh, yeah, Rosie was doing really badly, but she's so okay now. Mm. And like people are comfortable talking about it like that 
or people are comfortable talking about it if it happened once, mm. like, oh, Rosie was in a dark place and went to hospital, and but now it's fine. Yeah. And it's like, oh, no. I had to go to mental health hospital, like, clinic three times in the last year, mm. and I've had two years of just feeling depressed and anxious mm. and it's so outside of myself and it's been really scary for me mm. and not being able to work has made me feel so ashamed and um and 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 the feeling of letting people down mm. and then i feel so ashamed and guilty about all the pressure on you and lindsay to like have to step up and do all this work while i'm mm. gone and i this is the kind of nitty-gritty, ugly side of things that people don't like to talk about, mm. like the sense of will anybody ever consider me reliable again? Like, do people just think I'm too much of a liability now mm. because I've had this bad year, like, or bad, two, oh, Jesus, like two mm. years? Um, yeah, I, it, there's a lot... It, I'm feeling good, but I'm not going to lie and say that, like, that part of it, is, it's in your brain. Yeah. Like, oh, man, I fucked yeah. up. And I, it's, it makes me, like, first of all, you're angry. Like, it's so unfair mm. that this happens and I have to deal with this. And then it's also, like, and how embarrassing and, like, how, like, there's just a lot of ambivalent mixed feelings yeah. that are, like, and this, I'm about to cry again, but yeah. that are really, um, um, real and mm. um and I think probably really real for anyone who goes through mental health stuff mm. you deal with the mental health stuff itself which is so difficult and you have to put in so much hard work to um get better but then you also have to deal with all the feelings that come along with how it's affected your life and the mm. people around you in your life and how like you have feelings of inadequacy and shame and and it's all that stuff and um that's really hard to let go of. And I, and I really wanted to specifically mention that because like, I don't hear people talk about that mm. a lot when they talk about mental health stuff. Um, and it's, yeah, it's really hard. It's really, it's really hard to yeah. feel like you've let everyone down. Mm. And um, it's a hard, it's a hard feeling to shake. Yeah. But um, it's, it's, it's there. So I felt like I should say so. Like yeah. that is just something that you feel. But, yeah, I will say I feel like a, a, tur a, a turner has been corned. A turner has been corned. <laughs> a corner has been turned. A turner New catchphrase for the merchandise. A turner, has, a turner has been corned, my friends, <laughs> and um, I am feeling a lot better. But, yeah, I will say I, I've tried to take it slow coming back in. Yeah. And um, that's why I haven't yet been back on the podcast, even though you've seen me on socials and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but I will. When will I be back? February-ish. Feb yeah. February. Mm. So we wanted to come on and like, I just felt like I couldn't let the year finish without, you know, yeah. just saying where I've been and where, where I've been at. And that's what we just did. And it was long. <laughs> <laughs> It was long. Yes. I was like, that was therapy for me. Oh. But, um, yeah, so I'll be back in Feb because Lindsay and Jacob had recorded, like, so many amazing episodes that they have to drop. So we'll just drop those and, you know, have Christmas and I'll get some work finished and then be back raring to go in Feb for regular JTG. And um, there's a couple, like, things that are happening. For example... Breaking News is going to be its own show. Oh, yeah, big. Its own yay. episode. Yes. 
Do you know how we just much de- people have missed that? Mm-hmm. I know. And we just decided, like, um, like I said at the top of this, there may be people who just don't give an F about our personal lives or my mental health journey and they are literally just dying after having listened to all of this. But, um, you know, we just thought... we. We'll keep it separate so that the people who want to listen to the story have that in one episode. And then if you want to come and listen to what we think about random weird news in the world and what's going on and week to week, um, we're going to do breaking news. And it also lets us um, make it longer because often we really want to talk a lot more in breaking news, but we're very mindful of like, oh, we should probably keep this to about 10 minutes because we've got to get to the show. And, so, you know, we can have, um, yeah, separate episodes for breaking news, which is going to be really fun. Yeah. And um, and tours days as well. Oh yeah, are they? Yes, yeah. yeah I don't know anything. Yeah. Oh, things will happen. And tours and and Perth, it's going <laughs> to be amazing. I swear to God, it's going to be so good. And I feel like it's like cut to Rosie gets like hit by lightning the day of the Perth. <laughs> <laughs> Perth, it's going to be amazing. But, yeah, we're touring again this year. Like, it's all it's all back on track. Yeah. It's all good. Yeah. We're pumped. Yeah. Yeah. Look, we've kept saying 2020, 2021, 2022. <laughs> just a bizarre trilogy. And the trilogy is coming a, yeah. to an end. Yeah. The trilogy is coming to an end. Yep. Like I've said three times the last three years, next year's going to be my year. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't jinx <laughs> Please it. Please don't. Please yeah. Don't. No. <laughs> next year's going to be a regular year. Oh, and I'm moving back to Sydney. Yes. So we'll be recording in the same place, which is always so much better. Caleb got a new job in Sydney, which he's really excited about. And I'm really excited about because I get to go home. So I'll be around my sisters. Such great news. Be around the Sydney SCA office, which they love (laughs) because I annoy everyone talking (laughs) nonsense. And um, yeah, I'm pumped. Yeehaw. Oh, so this was your grand return, and um, Aya will be disappointed that you didn't bring a knife. Oh, yeah. And Rosie's <laughs> return so for, blood, for blood, as she'd expected. <laughs> I don't This is you as a murderer. Oh, if you don't understand thanks. what we mean, do you want to explain? Well, I don't, my niece drew me with a knife. And her, I don't know what's going on in her mind, but, you know, she's Check out Rosie's Instagram, she's you'll six. see it. Um, yeah, so this has been a journey. We were going to do this as one long thing, but I think would they mm. need to be two episodes now, Lindsay? Yeah, because I talked about myself for a really long time. The narcissism. Woofed. So we have a wrap-up of 2022 that we were going to put in this episode because I think everyone thought, oh, she'll talk about herself for, what, 15 minutes? Ha-ha! <laughs> 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 no. Bait and switch. I have not had a microphone in front of me for a long time. So, and we talked about our my favorite topic, me and my medical stuff. Um anyway, yeah. Okay. Thank you for listening everyone. I really appreciate all of Jisner's far and wide. Yeah. I feel very supported and it is very nice to be um although I've had all that stress about all the work I couldn't get done and stuff. I yeah, I, I never felt like the Gisners were mad at me because you all sent me funny memes and just told me to take the time I needed to get well. You're the best community. We love friend. you. We do. Bye. 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 Listener.